Welcome to the Studio Life. This is Tyson Sugihara. Welcome back to this week's blog and podcast. And this week we're going to talk about macro photography. I just picked up this crazy new lens, crazy and new for me. It's the Canon MPE 65 millimeter macro and it is a macro specialty lens. I've had other macro lenses in the past that could be used for a wide variety of things. You know, I had I had one that was 100 millimeter. Uh, they called it a macro, but you could use it for portraiture photography as well, which is very popular amongst the macro lenses. This one is specifically and purely for macro photography. The big thing here is that uh, a lot of people confuse macro photography with close-up photography, and there are many lenses that allow you to do close-up photography. However, true macro, meaning giving you a one-to-one -one aspect ratio, is something that does require a little bit more specialty use and specialty uh, features on a lens. This particular lens will go one-to-one -to, -one to five-to-one, and you can see the results that I've uh, posted here, and that, of course, will be on the screen right now. This is just my first couple of weeks with this lens, and I've got to tell you, honestly, I don't know that it's the first macro lens that I would suggest anybody purchase unless you know that that's exactly what you want to do, that's all you want to do, and you're willing to put in a lot of time, effort, frustration, and um, a lot of, you know, insert expletive here because this is a very challenging lens to use. Let's go through the reasons why, some of the cool things, and what to expect if you're going to purchase a lens like this. Number one, it is, like I said, it's specifically for macro photography and that's all you're going to be able to use it for. You're going to be from one and a half inches to a maximum of four inches, that's right, inches, I said, away from your subject. So you're, you have to be up close and personal. That can make it extremely difficult if you're trying to go out in your backyard or you know, in, the, in the woods and photograph a moving subject like an insect, or even if there's a slight breeze blowing on the flower that you're trying to shoot. The focal plane on this camera is extremely small. Uh, I, I, I was shocked at how small it is, and I'm talking fractions of an inch. Millimeters can make the difference between attack sharp focus and what did I just take a picture of focus. That's how sensitive this is. With that in mind, Handheld is, I'm sure it can be done, but it's going to be, you'll be extremely lucky if you get anything with a handheld shot. It will be take a hundred and maybe get one that's in focus. That's how sensitive this lens is, especially if you're shooting at a smaller aperture. If you want to get down to that f2.8 to even f8 or f11 with this lens, it's crazy how how small the focal plane is on this. I've been shooting at f16, and at f16, if you're measuring one-to-one, -one, then you can take a typical light reading and go with that. However, if you're going to be magnifying up to that two, three, four, and five to one aspect ratio, you pretty much have to take whatever light you're metering and times it by the number of magnification. So where I want to shoot f16 to get the greatest depth of field, 
I have to meter for F16 and basically times it by five, which for me is using an 1100 watt Ranger power pack just a few inches away from my subject at full power and it sounds like lightning struck behind you. That's how much light is required to use a lens like this in the field. I've been using mine in the studio and trying to control the uh, environment a little bit more, actually a lot more, because I'm using insects that are no longer living. I am using uh, walls to steady the subject if I'm shooting somebody's eyeball. I'm using uh, a tripod, which I suggest that you use with any macro photography if you want to get the best results. We'll go over a few other tips here momentarily. Uh, but number one with macro photography, a calm day if you're shooting outside is going to be uh, is going to be really important or otherwise you're going to be taking a lot of shots. Number two, I definitely recommend that you have a sturdy tripod. Some of these cheap lightweight, uh, you know, I, I take it with me because it's lightweight and I can backpack with it tripods. They're probably not going to cut it because they're going to shake a lot more than you'll notice uh, if you're doing a portrait because you're using so much magnification. In addition to that, I have purchased a focusing rail. What that does is, especially with this lens, because there isn't a manual focusing ring, the, the way that you focus this, this lens is by actually moving your entire camera forward or back. And as you can see here, this focusing rail has micro adjusting knobs that will move the entire camera system forward or back to bring you in or out of focus or left and right. Uh, we're going to use that similar to a tilt shift lens where we can help to adjust that focusing plane. But a lot of it is going to be how you angle yourself with your subject, thinking ahead on that and making it, uh, you know, really taking the time to compose your shot properly or taking a lot of images of the same subject that's totally still and making micro adjustments on your focus as you go and then doing a technique called photo stacking which essentially is either pulling it into Photoshop and manually finding all the sharpest parts of that image and stitching them together or letting software help you which of course is uh, going to be the way that I would recommend doing it for sanity's sake. So let's recap really quick here um, some of the, the basic gear that I would suggest. A powerful flash if you're going to want the greatest depth of field. There are specialty macro flashes, which we'll talk about uh, next week. And if not, some type of a studio flash or strobe is going to be key or handheld with being able to trigger uh, something like a speed light to get, that, to get that light that you're going to need. A very sturdy tripod is also something that I would highly suggest to help eliminate a little bit of the frustration because there's going to be a lot of frustration in this type of photography. A focusing slider, even if you have, uh, say, a, you know, a lens that has a focusing ring, if you have a manual, or excuse me, a, a, a lens that auto focuses, that may not be as critical but it can definitely help especially if you're in a studio situation and you want to photo uh, focus stack those images you'll want to turn off that that autofocus and do those increments so that slider can help in a situation like that uh, the, the, a couple of the test shots that, that we have this week 
Number one is going to be uh, the human eyeball. And we, we did some with my eye and with Danny, uh, who works here in the studio, her eye and, we, and other clients that have come through have asked if I could, if I could uh, take a photograph of their eyeball and you can see some of the results here. Really cool, the, you know, looking that close into somebody's eye. Some of the challenges, again, that we're faced with are, again, we need a lot of light to get that depth of field. And we're putting a strobe very close to their face, and you can you know you can feel the heat when that thing pops in your face. Uh, and it's we're shooting as much as we can with the light. If we're opposing it, then we get more of that light reflection, which of course isn't the greatest. Uh, you know, it's catch lights are great in the eye, but not when you're trying to do the macro photography as much, in my opinion, because you're losing those details there. Uh, and perhaps we can put a couple of uh, diagrams in the show notes as to how we set up this. Uh, and again, I'm going to talk about specialty macro lenses as well, but hopefully most of you will have at least a, a speed light or some type of a strobe that you can uh, practice this with if you're doing your macro photography. The next one that we did is uh, this wasp that I caught at my house and it's, it was a, a one of the bigger wasps that I've ever seen, and it looks ginormous when it's shot with a macro lens at, I think we shot that at three to one, and you can see the details of the eyes, the mandible, the antenna, uh, the small fine hairs that are coming off of its body, the, the small amounts of pollen. I can't even see those with the naked eye. The, the little details that are there, you just can't see until you get that close with the macro lens, which is what makes it so cool. Uh, notice the, the other three eyes that are on the top of its head. I'd forgotten that they even had those. And most insects have more than just, uh, you know, their big eyes on the side. They also have uh, other eyes, and I'm sorry, I, I'm not a, uh, I forget even what that person is, ent entomologist, no. Uh, Anyway, an insect guy, sorry for the insect guys out there. I'm not one of you, and I didn't know that they all had these eyeballs like this, and that is so cool to me to see those fine details. So here's what I'd like you to do. If you have a macro lens, it doesn't have to be the, the same lens that I have, and I'm not, there's a lot of different techniques. I'm not, a prof, I'm, I'm not proficient with all of the macro shooting techniques that are out there. I know there are a lot. Uh, you can buy different magnification tubes. You can reverse your lens. Uh, there's all kinds of cool hacks that you can do that will even get you closer photos than what I have with this lens for a fraction of the money. You also can take super crazy close-up uh, macro shots with a lens that you probably already have just by doing a few of these lens hacks. Go out there and explore online. If I can find some of these links, I'll post them again in the show notes that show some of the hacks that you might be able to do with a, you know, a 50 millimeter prime lens or uh, another lens that you might have that's actually reversing it, flipping it around and taking macro shots with that. I'd like to hear more about what you think with macro photography. Show me some of your best shots and 
we're going to get into this. I want to post a shot at least once a week of some type of a macro subject in addition to all the other work that we do here in the studio because I think it is amazing to take a look at the smaller things that are around us in everyday life and really appreciate what's there and the, the amount of detail and intricacies that are around us every moment of every day that we may not always pay attention to. So until next week, I hope you get out there, find something fun to shoot. It doesn't matter what it is, just get out there, take photos, have fun with it. If you have questions, send us a note, send us an email, a Facebook message, and we'll see you next time.